as creators, there are so many things that we have to learn to be successful in this industry, from managing our content and our audience to our personal life and mental health. In Coached, a sub-series of Social Scoop podcasts by SocialMate, we work one-on-one with a member of our private creator coaching community, The Social Suite, and you get to be a fly on the wall during our call. I'm Kristen Busquet, and I've been a full-time creator for over three years and have brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Let's dive right in. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Social Scoop Podcast. We teach entrepreneurial creators to turn their online influence into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Every Tuesday, you can catch the weekly news and an interview with an industry expert. And every Thursday, you'll get to be a fly on the wall during a personalized one-on-one coaching call with one of our members. My name is Kristen Busquet. And as always, I'm so excited that you're here. Today, I'm here with my lovely friend, my dear friend, Carissa Brown. She is a creator inspiring women in their 20s to love themselves through their wellness journey. If you're interested in getting a free one-on-one podcast coaching call, you can become a member of our private membership community, The Social Suite. Without further ado, let's dive into it. Carissa, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked. I'm so excited. Guys, Carissa and I met maybe, I guess, maybe early last year, probably. I don't know, maybe the year before that. But we have been friends online for a while. Krista was in one of my first programs ever, and we honestly have just been great friends since. Um, She came and stayed at my house for a little while. We had the best week ever. We actually just went to her wedding. So we are very excited to be here today. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. This is so much less nerve wracking because you're my friend. So that's good. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So I know that you post a lot about wellness, about health, about mental health. Um, But for those who don't know, kind of give us an idea of who you are and and what your content typically looks like. Yeah, so I am a 25-year-old entrepreneur. So I like to basically create content around my growth journey. Living in your 20s is probably the hardest thing (laughs) I think I've had to go through. And it just you know, five years in and it just keeps going. So I started to make content just kind of tailored around the things that I wanted to improve with myself and I wanted to share the journey. And yeah, so um, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, literally, I love how you were like, living in my 20s is probably the hardest thing I've gone through. Just living. No, literally, just, <laughs> just, just living. And like I said, it hasn't stopped yet. So I'm like, I have five more years. Let me try to figure this out and just share the journey along for anyone else who's struggling to get through their 20s as well. Yeah, which is everyone in their 20s. So it's perfect. (laughs) Um, So some things that you wanted to go through today, um, we're kind of talking about treating this as a a full-time job, like more strategies for time management, also staying consistent with your niche um, and, and when you're struggling to show up, how to actually show up, um, and then how to have a little bit more consistency with sponsorships. And you are a full-time creator. So I think these are a lot of things that full-time creators definitely deal with that are kind of difficult to get through. Yeah, I definitely am struggling a little bit. I'm in like my second year, I think, of doing it full-time. And so now you're like wanting to grow more when it comes to finances or just 
like yeah. exactly what it is that I want to do for the future when it comes to my career in general. Cause I feel like it's so easy to just say like you're a content creator, but like what you do with that is a whole different story. Yeah. So I'm really just like feeling the pressure. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy too, because even for me, like I've been doing this for a long time and like, I, I don't think that pressure really ever goes away because the hard part is with social media, like obviously I mean, you talk about this a lot. Like we see what everyone else is doing and we're like, I want to get as much sales as they're getting. I want to get as much followers as as they're getting. I want to get as much views as they're getting. So it's almost like even when you feel like you've hit a milestone where you're like, okay, that's what I was working so hard for. There's like always more room to grow. And so it almost feels like this endless cycle of like, I need more, I need more, I need more. Oh my gosh, yes. I don't know if that ever goes away because like, (laughs) I I mean, I still feel it. I'm sure people with millions of followers still feel it, you know, because there's, always a next level at the end of the day. Um, So when it comes to kind of the first thing here, how to use social media more like a job, you know, clocking in, clocking out strategies to manage your time better when it is your full time job. So I'm gonna ask you a question here. And I'm I have an idea of what your answer is gonna be. (laughs) Um, But for anyone for anyone listening, um, what is your typical routine like now in terms of like working like do you clock in and out are you just like literally 24 hours in a day going like you're always creating content what does that look like so because I feel like my niche is like I said like my growth journey which really like is is my life I feel like I'm always having to film my life every day all day and so right now my routine is First of all, I have a lot of perfectionism that I know I have to kind of work through because I'm that girl. Don't who, we all? Like I work for myself and I'm up at 5 a.m. every day because I'm just like, if I'm sleeping, I'm not working. So yeah. So I wake up at 5 a.m. and I will do like my whole morning routine. My morning routine will literally take three hours because I'm filming <laughs> yeah. every single part of that routine. And so what I'm finding I'm having issues with is that by the time I'm done filming that routine, it's like I've already worked three hours in the day. But realistically, that's just my morning. And so I'm finding it hard to like push myself to continuously do more when I feel like from the time I wake up at 5 a.m. to the time I go to bed at 9 p.m., I'm creating content, whether it's editing, whether it's, um, you know, filming, scripting, whatever. And um, I just recently did my podcast as well. So adding that to it, I just feel like I have too much to do to not have it structured. And I don't know how to do that because like I said, my life is my job. Right. And that's something that I think every content creator, no matter what your niche, especially like with yours, where again, like everything that you're doing in your day really is part of your growth journey, which is your niche, but even fashion creators, you know, home decor creators, like whatever it is, we're all expected to show up all day, every day. So like, it's hard because no matter what your niche, I think that's something that a lot of people just struggle with. First of all, I think what you said about like your morning routine, where you are, um, you know, like you're spending three hours of your morning, like going through your morning routine, which should be your time for you should be your time clocked out outside of work, because it's part of your niche, you have to be recording it. And then it's not your time anymore, though. You know, like it it almost is like it's taking your, your clocked out time and making you clock in. So I feel like your first step is like, 
I know that you want to create that content while you're already doing it. But if that's your self-care time, I feel like it would be smart for you to try not to create content around that time. I think it might make a little bit more work for you, maybe, I guess, in the long run, thinking about like, okay, well, if I'm, you know, doing making my morning smoothie, I could have just recorded it when I did it. But also, like, if you're getting up every morning and spending that time recording, now you're not taking the clocked out time to like enjoy the moment of like putting this smoothie together and like being with your thoughts because like you're not with your thoughts anymore you're thinking about like oh is this angle weird like can you see what I'm doing here like should I move the camera here like you're not literally clocked out (laughs) mentally and then I start to feel bad if I don't film like I'm like okay this day like I'm gonna take this morning because Mm -hmm. I have enough content for the week or whatever and I will sit there and not film specific things and I will be like what the heck like that would have been a great shot or like that would have been great and it's like this toxic cycle I really can't get out of I guess like that hustle mentality of like I know that this is an opportunity to get more views or to get somebody to see my content so like why would I not do that and so I have to again like you said kind of find that balance of like what works yeah. and what doesn't because I did try to like batch some content didn't really work for me I didn't enjoy okay. it because I enjoy yeah. my routine I don't enjoy doing it twice like it's hard enough right. to do a routine period but to have to do it right. like twice in a day is not like so like okay here's another option so what if you were to you know like you have your morning routine seven days a week what if you were to take like two days a week where you were like okay these are the mornings that I'm gonna like catch all of my footage for like morning routine footage you know what I mean because then maybe if it's only like two days that you do that then you have five other days where you can actually enjoy your morning routine and when you are having those two days of like this is my morning uh routine creating time you're still batch creating at the same time you don't actually have to do it twice but what you could do that would be really smart it might again make those mornings a little bit longer but less in the long run is you could always even like you're making your smoothie or whatever make half of it in one outfit go change into another outfit move the angle a little bit (laughs) you know so like it looks like it's two different days or it looks like it's two different clips but at the end of the day like you are still making the smoothie once you know yeah that's a great idea so maybe something like that might be smart because I feel like the the hard part about you know being a business owner who you are your own boss, you are the one who's making the rules. It's like you could literally do all seven days of the week with your morning routine recording. And then then again, you're not spending any of that actual time with your thoughts and like clocked out. And I think that that's a perfect recipe for burnout. You know, like you're going to be so miserable. I mean, like that's why we're talking about it today. It's a problem and you're recognizing that it's a problem. So Maybe batching, but like not batching in a way where you have to do more work. Right. You know? Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm definitely going to try that. Yeah, I would try and see how that goes. I mean, in general, I guess that's kind of like solving the, the morning routine, possibly like once you try it out, see how it goes. But in terms of like just your your entire day, you know, like clocking in and out, how do I time manage a little bit better? Um, so I actually just saw this article from this website called Todoist. They're like a, it's an app. Um, I'll have to send it to you and I'll, I'll link it for everyone else who's listening. But basically it goes over like all these different productivity techniques. And it talks about like some that I've never even heard of before, but it essentially goes through and it's like, here are all these different techniques. 
Um, you know, like this one is really great if you're someone who procrastinates a lot. This one's really great if you're someone who gets easily distracted. And it like kind of goes through all these different techniques so that you can try different ones. Um, like I know I talk about like eat the frog all the time. It's that's like what I usually like to do. You get up in the morning, like what's the what's the stuff on yeah. your to do list that you're like, I have to do now. I like don't want to do it, but I'm just going to do it and get it over with. That's one of the the techniques. Um, there's another one where it's like time blocking, you know, so you go and you look at your to do list and say, how much time realistically will each of these tasks take me? And then you literally go into your calendar and like, put them in as appointments, you know, like, prep my podcast episode 30 minutes. Okay, that's from one to one thirty. 1.30 to 2.30, record my podcast episode. And like once 2.30 hits, like, y- you know, you've got to be done with it. You can't sit there and like, okay, now I'm going to edit it and now I'm going to do this and now I'm going to do that because then you end up taking, you know, more time out of other tasks. And that's how you end up getting nothing done at the end of the day. <laughs> that's literally <laughs> what know? I do. I scripted, filmed, <laughs> edited, and pre-posted my podcast uh, literally this morning and I yeah. was just like girl you keep doing this you're not gonna be doing this for too long like <laughs> literally because by the end of it your brain is mush oh, and yeah. like how how are you supposed to go do the other things that you have to do in your day today yeah you're like ready to clock out right exactly so you know there are there are different methods like I think it's it's hard for me to just be like, you should do this because what works for me could not work for right. you and could not work for someone else. Mm-hmm. But I'll link that. It's actually, they have like a quiz. So you can take the quiz and look at the productivity methods that it shows you wow, based that. on what your answers. Yeah, this will this will give you some good, you know, techniques to try. And it literally is like, you know, paragraphs and paragraphs about how to actually work this into your life. So I'll send you that and I'll link it um, for everyone else. But that would probably be, finding a good productivity strategy for you is is all you need to do it's just a matter of trying the different ones and figuring out which one fits makes sense makes sense so um the other thing you wanted to talk about here was staying consistent when your niche is your life and you're struggling to show up so like we talked a little bit about staying consistent with actually creating but what about those days when you don't want to get up and do your morning routine but your morning routine is a huge part of your niche. So th- is that kind of what you were getting yeah, at there? Yeah, exactly. Like, or even when I'm having like, like, for instance, again, my whole thing is about growth. And maybe there's like a two yeah. or three week period because I talk a lot about mental health. And um, I've been diagnosed with a lot of different um, mental illnesses. And so sometimes right. I'll, I will go weeks without doing anything. And I hate that. And I don't want that to be the case. But that's the reality of every few months of my life, it just happens. And so I feel guilty to and almost like a poser to to post like, all of these motivational, inspirational things that are part of my growth journey. Because I feel like I'm being fake because I'm not in that season like at that moment you don't feel like you're growing right yeah exactly and even if I do like be vulnerable and a lot of times like I'll post me crying and stuff like I literally don't care and it will make me feel better but I'm not gonna do that for a full two weeks you know what I mean I'm not gonna post like like Debbie Downer stuff for a whole two weeks like I can post you know hey I'm struggling here but we all know like the reality of social media you are literally freaking out irrelevant and the moment that you step away, like you're done. 
you're done. Right. So that's how I feel. And that's, like, that's the pressure of it. Yeah. yeah. That's like a, one of the hardest things I think about is like you, you feel like you have to keep pumping out content. And sometimes you pump out content that you don't actually care about. You don't like, you don't think it's special, but you're like, I just have to post something. Yeah. So you're posting to post, you know, at the end of the day. And again, like this is this is something that like across all niches, I hear people talk to me about all the time. So you're definitely not alone there. (laughs) I mean, even for myself, sometimes I'm like, I just don't want to. So I think there's a couple of things that you can do here that could be really helpful. Obviously, first things first is, again, having content kind of backlogged, like where you are, again, making your morning smoothie and you're like, let me move this camera in seven different angles of me making the same smoothie. You're only going to use one clip for that video that you're posting tomorrow. But maybe now you have six more clips that you can use and like, you know, put them in a a Google Drive or a Dropbox folder or something where you can pull from them when you need that. That's a great idea. Um, That's a great idea. I never thought of doing that. That will be super, super helpful because then you like you don't feel that pressure of like if I can't show up today or for a few days or for a week, I don't I can still post, you know, like I still have something. Um, I mean, for TikTok, especially something else that you can do. And like we've talked about this previously, like take some of your old videos and repost them. Yeah, You know, like if you have on TikTok, like I know for you, you're posting three times a day, sometimes five times a day. So like you've got content, sis, like it's there. So even if you have to take, go scroll back from two months ago and see what are some of your best performing posts, you just download them and repost them again. You're going to go out on the FYP and yeah. Those people maybe have never seen it before. So don't be afraid to recycle content like that first. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's important. That makes sense. Um, another thing that you can do too is like try and find types of content that are, that don't like make you show up like full blown creating a whole new piece of original content. Like for TikTok for that, I especially like to do like a stitch video or like, you know, a duet or something like that where like you're still posting, but like, you know, you can literally still be like sitting on your couch. You don't have to be like dressed up. Like you have no real like plan of, of outlines of what you need to say and what you want this video to look like. It's literally just like maybe here's someone giving their opinion on like this uh, mental health technique or what I don't know, whatever. And then maybe you're stitching it and being like, this is my opinion. But like, uh, you don't have to plan out your opinion. Like you can just sit there and say it, but that's you showing up. That's you creating content. Not every piece of content has to be your best piece of content at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, obviously you want to, you want it to be relevant. You want your audience to actually get something out of it, but it doesn't have to be the most highly produced video every time you create one, you know? Right. Yeah. That makes sense. So I I think that could be something that definitely helps, but also, and I know you, you said this, you don't want to spend like, you know, if you're going through this, this week or two where you're like, I'm just not feeling it. Like I'm not feeling like myself. I don't feel excited or motivated to, to create I know you don't want to bring people down for two weeks, but also I think, especially for someone like you and your niche, those are like such important things to talk about, you know, like maybe every day you're like, so this is how I was feeling yesterday. Um, This is what I did. One little step, 1% better today. And now I'm here. Um, Did you hear me say 1% better? I'm reading Atomic Habits. (laughs) Oh girl, I literally already do. Period. (laughs) 
I knew, I knew that like, as soon as I was reading that, all I could think about was like, Chris is going to be so excited for me I, because she loves this book. It's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you're 1% better. You know, like maybe you use those videos to kind of like hold you accountable and say like, okay, I, I'm recognizing that I feel shitty right now. I don't feel motivated. Like I want to get out of this. Let me keep use my TikTok account or my Instagram account to hold me accountable to get, again, a little bit better each day. Like, I don't want to sit here and complain for two weeks. Okay, what can I do today and maybe talk about in a video tomorrow that can help me make be a little bit better? And then you do the same thing. Okay, in the last couple of days, I did this. Today, I was feeling a little bit better. Here's one other thing that I did. And the, the best part, though, is that like, I know you're going to think that you're like whining and you don't want to be complaining and like a Debbie Downer, but like your people are there because they're struggling with growth. They're struggling with mental health. They're struggling with overall wellness. Like they need to hear you struggle too, because they want to see how you get out of it. And again, you don't have to be an expert. You're where you're like, here's how you get out of your depressive episode. Like, but it's just more of like, here's my personal experience and like how I'm dealing with it. It's okay if you are feeling like this too. Like, you know, like that's normal. That's, we all have to go through times like this. You know, like, I think those are important moments for you to share, but also to hold you accountable too. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, so the last thing that we wanted to talk about here was how to have more consistency with sponsorships. So tell me a little bit about kind of how you're feeling there with sponsorships. And for everyone who's um, listening, we're recording this like basically beginning of December. So yeah. So um, like I said, I've been doing this full time for almost two years now. And last year, I think I made about 15,000 in my first year, Mm -hmm. which was fun. I had like a second job, which was which fun. Was fun. <laughs> and and um, this year so far, I've made about twenty six thousand, which is great, lot a lot more, oh, but yeah. not good enough for me, bestie. So, <laughs> so I was just like trying to figure out because again, when I was talking about like my daily routine, things like that, there was a point where I was pitching like to ten brands a day. This was way before you mm-hmm. had your anti pitch method. Like this yeah. was way back when. And that burnt me out so freaking hard. Like, if Mm -hmm. I'm being completely honest, I have not anti-pitched. I haven't pitched. I haven't done any of that in, like, two months. And my finances are now suffering for it because I'm only getting sponsorships that come in. And I found that, like, this is my least favorite part of the job is really, like, negotiating and trying to get sponsorships Mm -hmm. because I put so much worth onto it because it's the only thing that's giving me big bucks. I make a yeah. little bit of money from Instagram reels and a little bit of money from Affiliate. YouTube and um, TikTok. Yeah. But I think that's maybe like a thousand bucks a month together, like all together. And right. like that's not going to do anything for me. So I have this immense amount of pressure and like I'm scared all the time because I don't have these sponsorships coming in. And then I'm getting all of these sponsorship opportunities, but they're like $200 for a TikTok, $300 for yeah. a TikTok. And I'm right. like... I can't no. do that. Like, I, I cannot do that. My ego right. will not allow me to do that. <laughs> also, it's not like by the time you take out taxes and expenses, like, what are you making? Literally, <laughs> you know, literally. So right. I'm trying to figure out, I guess, like either a way to have more consistency with sponsorships, because mm-hmm. right now I'm in this 
place where I just started a podcast, I don't have the mental capacity or the time, especially with me going away for a month to like sit down and make a whole membership or sit down and create a product. Like I'm trying to figure out how to just make a consistent income before I start adding in something else that's new. So I was wondering if maybe there's some tips that you have when it comes to specifically just sponsorships, because I'm wanting to, I don't want that to be my only thing right now, but I know that it is. So I kind of want to work with it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think in a perfect world, the idea would be that we have so much incoming partnerships that we don't even have to worry about pitching. Like once you're at that point, you're like, yes, I've made it. Like I'm good. That's a great position to be in, but most people are not in that position. So first things first, again, recording this around November, December time, this has literally been the slowest holiday season for literally every single person I've talked to. Every single person, Carissa. Okay, good. Literally not just you. It's me. It's you. It's every single person I've talked to. And I talk to a lot of creators every day. Okay. So I think you have to think about external factors. First of all, what are the things that are happening outside of social media, outside of our businesses? You know, let's, let's look at our economy. Let's look at our I know, Bessie, but I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about like COVID, right? And I was like, dang, like COVID was it? Like we were boosting because people were broke, yes. but they were still spending money. But I guess people are really like, they had it. They don't, they don't have anything. But here's the thing, you know, like a lot of brands are afraid to use their money, you know, to to pay creators because they don't know if they're going to get it back. Right. But the thing with COVID was like they had more money to spend in a lot of cases because they were taking it from in-person events. They were taking it from not paying for an office anymore. There were a lot of expenses that they didn't have anymore so they could feel a little bit more comfortable spending a little bit more money. So I think now it's not that they don't have the money. It's just that they are a little bit more nervous to use it. So I think that's that's making a big difference. You know, they have to be so much more right. picky and choosy about who they're working with. They need to know, all right, if we hire this person, like we're for sure getting our money back. Like, and that's why a lot of brands right now are like tapping back into people they've already worked with because they're like, okay, well, when we worked with this person, it went well, we made money, like we trust their content, like great experience, whatever. So I think first things first, when you're having times like this, when it is really slow, tapping back into brands that you've already worked with is a great way to not really do a ton of work on your effort. You're not like finding emails and like finding the right person to reach out to and all this stuff. Like you're going back to people you already have contact with, you know, and you know that they already pay you what you are already okay being paid because you have before, you know, like there's a lot, a lot more uh, that is like. I guess, less variables in that situation. So reaching back out to brands that you've already worked with. um, And even if it's just a one-off partnership, hopefully you can try and, you know, let's try in three months and see what happens. Let's try six months, whatever, so that you don't have to every month be like, oh my God, I don't have any partnerships. At least you might have some that are a little bit more long-term. But the other thing too, and like, I hate to say this because it's, it's hard because at the end of the day, like when you are trying to make connections with new brands, unless they are coming to you, which like there's only so much you can do to really get them to come to you, unless they are coming to you, you really do have to come go to them, you know? And so first things first, I think you need to look at a way to make it sustainable. You pitching 10 brands in one day, not it, not sustainable. 
that's that's a lot that is a lot that's a lot of work yeah it would take like um, three hours a day because you know you can't just like send the same yeah. email so right. how many do you and usually do or like do you have a system sis i have not pitched literally this entire year because i have anti-pitch girl i have literally oh i don't i know but like i don't have enough like backing for that like like the yes you do listen here's what you need to do you need to take again atomic habits we're thinking what's one little thing that we can do every day we don't need to pitch all of the brands in one day and i do the same thing too i said to myself at the beginning of the month i was like what we're gonna do this month is we're gonna pitch five podcasts every day i was i literally did it for one day and i was like i can't do this every day <laughs> and i was really five and you were doing ten <laughs> So listen, you don't have to do that much. What if you were to say, okay, today I'm going to sit down and I'm going to make a list of maybe 10 brands, 10 brands, even less if you want, 10 brands that I would like to work with in the next quarter. And then what you do is the first week you say, okay, I'm going to reach out to two or three of these brands I'm, and not even reach out. I'm going to go find the right person on LinkedIn and I'm going to hit connect. One step, easy step takes you literally five minutes, right? And then maybe you do that for two or three brands. Maybe the next week you go and you say, okay, I'm going to, you know, turn on post notifications for them on Twitter or on LinkedIn, whatever. And I'm going to start interacting. I'm going to spend, put a timer on for 10 minutes and I'm going to spend 10 minutes, two or three times a week on LinkedIn, just looking at these new people that I just connected with, looking at their posts, commenting, you know, so excited for this release, whatever it is, commenting on their posts. But like, these are little, little things that you do each day. You don't have to do this all. It Like, the thing is, I think so many creators, when they when they want to connect with brands, we want instant gratification. We want to connect with them. We want to talk to them. We want them to get us a partnership. And we want to do it now. You know? It's not, in 99% in of the time, it is not going to work like that. It has to be, it's slow and steady. You know, like, you need to introduce yourself to them in in a way that's like I'm here. Hi, I'm here. Okay. Hi, I'm here. And then before you know it, when they have a campaign come January and they're like, "Oh, well, this is a, a wellness campaign. What about that girl that's always commenting on my LinkedIn post? Like she uh, she always is talking about fitness or like I saw she commented something about fitness and this <laughs> and that or her audience, whatever, you know, like and so at the end of the day, you you just are planting little seeds and then when there's a campaign, that's when it grows into a partnership and okay like my seeds that I planted are actually worthwhile now you see what I mean so just two questions from that one mm-hmm. do you do this with big brands because like let's say let's say I want to work with Gymshark okay Gymshark has like millions right. of followers if I come right. every day you're telling me Gymshark's gonna notice me like is it is do I do that not on Instagram okay so not on Instagram and this is why okay. I think like LinkedIn Twitter and not just like going to Gymshark's LinkedIn Go on to LinkedIn and try and find who's the person that does the influencer marketing at Gymshark. Connect with them. Okay, now you have Julie Smith's, you know, LinkedIn connected to and Julie Smith posts, hey, you know, LinkedIn or sorry, Gymshark, we just released this new line of no sweat showing through shorts or whatever the (laughs) prick. And okay, and then you're like, oh my gosh, you go and comment. Wow, Julie, that's so awesome. I actually, you know, I talk about fitness on my page all the time. And one thing I hear from people is that they don't want to wear these leggings because they don't want their butt sweat to show through or whatever. You know what I mean? And so it's not you being like, 
oh, wow, Julie, that's so great. We should do a partnership. It's you mm-hmm. being like, my audience would love this or da 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 Like, I'm so excited for this so I can share it with my audience who loves fitness. And then again, like, how many people are going to be commenting on this LinkedIn post? Probably Ooh. not many compared to Gymshark's Instagram post, news butt sweat proof shorts. Literally, then, that's you know, so true. Five million comments. So I literally just did this with um, Thinkific. Thinkific is a company where you can create courses. I'm creating my course there. I I said to myself, this is a great a great company for me to work with. My audience would really love it. I went and connected with one of the guys I found online who said, you know, influencer marketing or social media coordinator, whatever it was for Thinkific. And I sent him a message. I connected and just sent a message saying, hey, you know, I'm I'm a fan of Thinkific. I've been thinking about hosting my course there. Just excited to keep up with you. Done. Connect. Whatever. So you're not asking so them then, for anything. You're just kind of just like letting nope. them know you're there. Literally. Yes, exactly that. Because how do I know if I, if I message him and I'm like, Hey, we should work together. Do you want to pay me? Like, what's respond, right. Thing? Exactly. He probably won't respond a, but also like, how do I know he even has a campaign going on right now that like, you know, right. he might just be like, Oh, we're not working on anything right now. I'll talk to you later. Like every other brand does. It has to be the right brand, right. you know, the right creator at the right time for the right campaign. Like, how are you going to make all those things line up? You're not. So it's better for you to just say, hi, I'm here. I exist. So then when there is a campaign, they're like, oh, yeah, that girl comments on our LinkedIn all the time. Yeah. Like, she's always there. She must love us. We should give her the money. You know what I mean? That makes that makes so much sense. I definitely am going to try that. And when it comes yeah. to like, let's say like a product type business, like, yeah. obviously, I assume it helps if you create content with maybe one of their products before doing that yes. but like I definitely find the struggle with like I want to work with skims have I tried skims no can I afford skims right. no but I want to work yeah. with skims so like it right. makes me feel like kind of bad I don't know it's like do you ever like have situations like that yeah I mean if there's something where like okay I want to work with this brand but like maybe I don't have it yeah. personally um maybe I like can't afford to spend the money just to make a video that I don't even know is gonna get exactly. me what I want yeah yeah, I mean, in those situations, I think there's nothing wrong with like sending a DM or maybe you like, uh, maybe you do. Okay, if you send the DM, you're sending a DM, maybe just being like, hey, you know, uh, I talk about wellness and da da da. And because my audience is super into taking care of themselves, I feel like skims would be a, such a great way to like, you know, show them to that self care can be, you know, you wearing a nice pair of comfortable clothes whatever you write them this cute little message send us them on instagram or something and just be like you know um are you open to giftings you know like Uh, maybe you just say i'd love to i'd love to create a video for you guys um in exchange for you know a couple products or store credit whatever and like that if you have all these followers and they're like yeah all i want is a you know a freaking whatever skims like a little set a cute little two-piece set they're gonna be like sick no problem yeah. you know what I mean because it's not yeah and I guess I it's never not anything crazy to that I guess I never do that like I never ask for like hey like yeah. do you have any gifting like opportunities no, I mm-hmm. never take anything gifted anymore and that's why I think it's so right. interesting when I see all of these like PR um unboxings and things like that I'm like girl I literally get no PR like at all because I always yeah. say no like I always say I don't right. want gifted stuff yeah and I mean like it's 
it's hard because in some gifted scenarios, they're like, we require this, this, and this from you. If they're requiring anything of me, it's a no. Yeah. But if they're like, yeah, we'll send you this stuff and you're like, sick, I'll make a video. And you guys have kind of like just a really chill, yeah. easy agreement. Like, okay, whatever. But also, you know, like with that, you're not giving them usage rights and all this right. stuff. Like it's literally just like, I'll mention you in a video or whatever. Right. But then you do a really good job on this video. You get everyone to comment on it. And then you have some leverage to go to them and say, hey, I created this video. Look at how many people wanted to buy it. Read the comments. Like, look at the views. Let's do something more formal together. And then you can kind of like try and turn it into something that, that is paid. Um, so I think that's a good idea. I mean, the other option too is like, you could always show the website. You know what I mean? Like screen record without you actually having the product, you could be screen recording or you could stitch someone else wearing it and, and make True. it into some sort of content. You're you know, so like creative. there's other ways around it. <laughs> <laughs> there's other ways around it, but you just, you got to get, you got to get a little outside the box with it sometimes, yeah. you know? I think that's my issue. I'm always trying to kind of follow what everyone else is doing that I, you know, I'm yeah. missing that little spice that you have. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm here for, girl. <laughs> I'm here to help you through all of the things. Um, well, I hope this was helpful. I hope you're feeling a little bit inspired now. You've got some new ideas to kind of take with you and, and try out and see how it goes. Obviously, keep me updated on everything. Yes. Um, and for everyone listening, if you guys are interested in getting your free one-on-one -on -one podcast coaching call, you can become a member of Social Suite, our private membership community. And from there, you'll be able to get your podcast episode where we'll go through anything that you need help with. So Carissa, thank you so much for being here, bestie. Yes, thank you for having me. This was so much fun and so helpful.